Welcome to another episode of the Flames Nation Podcast. I'm John Manson, and on this episode, Duke and I will talk with Trey Turner, punter for Liberty Football. Uh, we'll also look back at the Presbyterian game and preview the Charleston Southern game, number eight uh, Buccaneers and Flames take uh, place down in Charleston, South Carolina on Saturday. Um, we'll even get a little bit of basketball talk as the season gets underway uh, this week. Trey, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Good, good. How are you? Pretty good. So, uh, had a good game last week against uh, Presbyterian. Obviously got a tackle in the stat sheets. That's always fun. Uh, how, how, how did it feel uh, during the week and during the game? Um, you know, how do you feel about your performance? Uh, it was good. You know, coming off a of bye week, uh, we had a lot of time to prepare for Presbyterian, obviously. Um, and obviously throughout the bye week, we didn't have a lot of practice. So, I was able just to kind of relax and uh, rest my leg a little bit and then um, prepare for Presbyterian just like we usually do in the other team. And going into the game, you know, we felt really confident. You know, we knew we were playing at home, um, had that on our side, and just came out and just executed how we were supposed to. And you know, I think the results showed that. It's kind of been an up and down season a little bit, a couple losses there in the middle part of the season that probably were unexpected. Uh, how has the team kind of, you know, stayed together and stayed focused at rebound now with these last two wins? Well, like you said, it's definitely been up and down um, at different parts throughout the season. You know, we've had our highs and we've had our lows. And staying together as a team is probably one of the biggest things to emphasize. You know, we know that we're a good team. You know, we understand that. But at times, we just haven't showed that on the field, how we felt like we should have. So, you know, building off the losses, you know, you have to learn from them. You know, when we learn from the losses, I feel like we get better as a team. But as far as implementing that after a loss, you know, it's tough. It's very tough for us. So staying together and, you know, really just trusting each other and, you know, really relying on each other just like a family would almost really helps us just to push through in the tough times. So you had that punt Saturday night, and uh, they're late, getting kind of late in the game, you know, five, six minutes to go, and uh, Charleston Southern had, or I'm sorry, Presbyterian had the uh, lead there, and looked like their returner was about to take it to the house, and uh, I was thinking to myself, well, there's the game. They pretty much clinched it up, but then you came out of nowhere and made the tackle. What were you thinking as that play kind of unfolded? Yeah, so we had just a usual, we call it a sky punt situation. Um, which means we're inside the 50-yard line or around the 50-yard line, and we're trying just to pin them inside their own 10- to 15-yard line. Um, so we did, you know, uh, hit the ball high, um, but not really in the correct location that my teammates are running to as far as our coverage scheme. So I knew when I hit it that, you know, to a degree that we were in a little bit of trouble. So I saw him catch it, and I saw where he called it on the field, and since he didn't fair catch it, I was like, you know, I started running up a little bit just to make sure that if he did break through that I was right there and not let him get too much speed on me. And sure enough, that's what happened. It kind of just split, and he came through the middle, and, you know, we saw each other, and he made his move, and I just kind of reacted to that. And just, you know, made the tackle and got up and went back to the sideline, you know. So, so, so where did you learn how to tackle like that? <laughs> um, actually, when I first started playing football in high school, uh, my junior year, I went out as a linebacker, and that was kind of what I wanted to do. I'd always kind of had that mentality, and even when I was little, I'd always love to hit people. Um, but due to some injuries and stuff my junior year, I was just forced to punt because I played baseball a lot. And that was kind of my main sport. So in order to not sacrifice that, I just punted. And so I'd always had that kind of mentality, you know, in my head, but was just a punter, you know, on the field. So that's kind of where that came from and just has kind of carried over to college as well. Yeah. So uh, how do you enjoy being a punter? <laughs> um, at first it was a little bit different, just going through the motions, you know, as far as not necessarily going through tackling drills and the usual, you know, routines of practice. But um, the more I do it, you know, I, I love it now. You know, and I really take pride in what I do, and I try to do a good job. You know, each and every day I come out and try to make myself better. 
So I, I really enjoy it now, and I really feel like something that I'm called to do. Looking at Charleston Southern this weekend, they've obviously got an explosive return on yeah. Darius Hammond. Um, you know, we obviously know about offense and defense, how they prepare individually for, for games each week, uh, specific game plans. As a punter and, um, you know, a kicker like Lunsford, uh, do you all have specific game plans for specific games and opponents? Uh, yeah, yeah, you do to a degree. Um, you know, obviously the returner this week is good. You know, he's been known across the Big South for the past few years now. And, you know, last year we were able to kind of contain him with hang time and, that's kind of what I plan to do this week, you know, is just work on that and be consistent with that. But also, you know, it's one of those deals is the more we keep him off the field, the better, you know, in the punting situation. So, you know, it kind of goes both ways with that. But, you know, when we do get on the field, we have to execute our job to the best of our ability and go from there. That's kind of an interesting position you're in. Being the punter, it's um, the fans don't always want to see you out there because that yeah. means the offense didn't do its job. Same thing from an offense and coaching standpoint. They don't want to see you out there. So how, how do you kind of, you know, take that mindset and still be able to do your job effectively every week. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny that Coach Dan tells me before every game, you know, I hope you hold a lot. That's all he ever tells me. You know, they don't want to see me on the field, you know, because that usually means that our offense didn't do the job they were supposed to do. Um, so, you know, I understand that, but I also understand that when I do go out on the field, I can still have an impact. And as far as a huge momentum swing one way or the other, you know, if something bad happens, it's a momentum swing in their favor. If something good happens, it's a momentum swing in our favor. So just understanding that really just helps me put things in perspective and allows me to do the best job I can no matter where we're on the field. Glad you mentioned uh, being the holder there this year, obviously taking over after Javin Shashadi moved on and um, uh, finished up his career. Um, did you do any holding duties prior, like in high school or anything like that? Or how did you end up being the team's holder this year? Yeah, I did. Um, you know, Javin was great, and it was really good to learn from him while I was here. And I did actually hold my junior and senior year of high school, so I had experience with that. And so when I came here, I was always the backup holder. And so that kind of, you know, took reps and practice and things like that. But just in the game, I never had any live reps, obviously. Um, so just really transitioning into this year, uh, John and I had had a lot of work before, especially, you know, just being together all the time. And, um, you know, the coaches tried some other guys, but, you know, they ended up just going with me just because of the relationship that John and I have, both, you know, on the field and off the field, really helps that and really helps that connection and the trust part of that, which is huge for a specialist. Yeah, how is it playing with uh, an All-American kicker like him and go out and kick it to 60 yards? Uh, what's your relationship with, with John? It's crazy, you know, just to feel, you literally feel the ball explode out of your hand, you know, whenever he kicks it. And it's something that I know that I may never see this again in my lifetime, you know, and a lot of people I believe here feel the same way about that. Um, but, you know, John and I, especially being off the field, you know, we do we hang out a good bit. And I think that's part of that trust factor is that you have to get somebody to know somebody further than just on the field. And especially being a specialist, you know, we're together all the time whether we want to be or not. We spend every practice together, every game together, you know, in the hotel we're together. So, you know, we have a good time with that. And we've really learned just to trust each other and really learn more about each other this year. Um, as the holder and working with John, there's, you know, been several blocks this year, you know, more than I'm sure you, you hope for and the team hopes for. Uh, what has been your assessment of, of the problems there on that end as far as, you know, getting the kicks blocked so many times? Yeah, well, it's kind of funny. You know, it's not, not the same problem hasn't happened two times in a row. You know, it's always something different, you know, whether it's from, you know, the snap aspect to the hold to the kick to the line, you know, not blocking different areas. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think we've had five block this year, which when you look at that call, that's awful. You know, it's not good. And, you know, we're trying to fix that every day. You know, we're working with different personnel, different things like that to see how we can do the best job that we can. Um, but also I think John and I have to take it personally as well. 
uh, we have to figure out what we can do individually to make that unit the best that we can, regardless of the blocking scheme and things like that. Second year here punting, and uh, you redshirted your first year. You had all-conference performer last year, even first-team All-State. Um, leading Big South again this year. Uh, you know, what's your assessment of you know what how you've played in your career to this point, and what are some of your goals going forward? Yeah. So last year, um, I think I averaged like 41 something, and so this year I'm averaging a little bit less. But I honestly feel like I've hit the ball better this year meaning from the hang time to distance ratio, meaning uh, I have more hang time now than I did last year. I feel like I'm much stronger and I feel like I'm much more comfortable on the field as far as where I'm placing the ball and things like that. Um, so this year, even though some of the statistical categories don't necessarily match up, but last year, I still feel like I'm doing a better job for myself, you know, just from how I feel about the situation. Um, obviously, you know, as I progress to two more seasons, you know, my main goal is just to be the starting punter the next two years. And then from there, you know, I'd love to be an All-American, um, you know, not just All-Conference, take that a little bit further to an All-American and, you know, kind of go in John's footsteps just like, you know, he has before us. So. There you go. Good stuff. Um, how'd you end up coming to, uh, to Liberty? Um, actually, I didn't even know about Liberty until before, I guess it's my senior year of, college, senior year of high school. Uh, my mom had heard about Liberty through a magazine and some different articles and things with Jerry Falwell and just encouraged me to come here to a kicking camp just to try to learn some things and see if they needed a punt or anything like that. And so I went to that and got exposed to Liberty and really liked the environment, really enjoyed the coaches and the coaching staff here. And so from there, we just kind of, you know, went with that process. And I didn't never really heard much from them, just kind of focused more on baseball at the time. And then once my senior year of football season was over, um, you know, I started just kind of pursuing colleges as to where I thought I could punt and possibly fit in with not only football, but the lifestyle here on campus too. And so I just sent an email to some coaches at Liberty, and they responded, you know, really quickly and just wanted some film on me and wanted some more different things that, you know, they wanted to look at from a punting aspect. And whenever they saw that, you know, like, yeah, like, you know, you're our guy if you want to be. So I came here for, a, you know, an unofficial visit and, you know, met all the coaches, you know, took a tour of the campus and everything like that and just really enjoyed it. And so that's kind of how my journey took me from high school to here. All right. Thanks, Trey. Good luck this week. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thanks, man. Good very, very good. It's good to hear from uh, Trey Turner there. He never talked to a punter before, but uh, you know it's always good to get uh, different players' opinions and thoughts on the game. And yeah, it's a big impact on the game. I mean, Presbyterian, and honestly, you know, I was talking to you during the game there, Duke. He, um, you know, without if he doesn't make that tackle there, the Liberty probably loses that game. Yeah, I mean that was a, a huge moment, and uh, yeah, I, I do agree. Getting to talk to a specialist uh, like Trey Turner, a punter, uh, those guys don't get a lot of love. So it's uh, it's kind of cool to talk to them and get their views on things. But yeah, I mean, if if Liberty, uh, you know, goes on, you know, to to make a little run here, we'll we'll definitely be able to look back at that moment and say that you know maybe Trey Turner saved the season. Yeah, yeah, definitely could definitely could be a thing, and uh, I mean, because you know. The Presbyterian guy was definitely taking it to the house. He got by Trey, and um, it looked like he was going to going to be able to juke by him, but he was unable to do it. Trey kind of stood his ground and um, made made a great tackle. So maybe yeah, he should was... maybe he should teach some of our other defensive players how to <laughs> how to tackle. 
Yeah, it was a good-looking tackle. It wasn't your typical, you know, kicker trip him up with, uh, you know, with a little bit of, of, you know, juke there. I mean, he, he kind of stuck in there and, and laid the lumber on him. I, I liked it. Yeah. So so what do we make about the Presbyterian game? I mean, obviously, you know, Liberty kind of, you know, slow getting started there the first half. Third quarter, I believe, had two total yards on offense. And, um, I mean, got down by – what was what was it? Thirteen to to seven there. You know they had right after that punt, the tackle Trey made there on the punt return. Presbyterian then took that that drive on down to um, you know they had their quarterback scored a touchdown, but then you know it was reviewed and called back where he stepped out around the ten or eleven yard line. Defense ended up making them settle for a field goal. And, you know, if they would have scored a touchdown that drive, it probably would have put the game out of reach. More than likely would have made it 17-7, to, to seven, I believe, at the time. Holding the field goal was big, and then the offense finally turned it on there the you know, last five or six minutes of the game and um, ate it by some defensive turnovers. Um, but, you know, should, should we feel good that they got the win, uh, or should we be more concerned by – the lackluster performance in the first three and a half quarters. Yeah, I think at this point in the season, you don't really have the luxury of, you know, worrying too much about how things went. You know, I think it really at this point, it's all about, uh, you know, getting a W and, you know, winning ugly if you need to. And that, and then that applies across college football. That's not just like a Liberty thing or an FDS thing. You see it at all levels. Every every team has tight games this tight you know this time of year, whether it's a team that they're better than on paper or not. Now, with that being said, I mean there were certainly moments in this game that made you want to hit your head against the wall if you're a Liberty fan. I mean, you know, just the the overall ineptness of the offense was just I mean it was brutal to watch at times. But um, you know, move the ball some early. You know, getting down. Uh, you know, into the red zone a couple times. You know, I think he came up, um, didn't get a fourth, you know, fourth and short uh, when we went for it. And then, of course, you had uh, another blocked field goal. So uh, this game could have been maybe a little more opened up early. And I think, you know, you would have seen a whole different flow from there. But uh, all that really matters is that the the guys got it done when it counted, uh, despite having a, a pretty poor game, you know, at, Josh Woodrum took the team out when they absolutely had to have a touchdown and he let them down the field and they did it. So, you know, chalk it up as a win and, and Liberty's still alive. Talking about the team, you know, the offense being unable to move the ball, uh, do we think that's kind of a Presbyterian, you know, I mean, they've, they've got a good defense. They've held other potent offenses to in check and to, to low scores. Um, so should we say, well, that, you know, just Presbyterian having a good defense, or is there more, more to be seen there, more to be concerned about for for Liberty and their offense? I mean, this is an offense that's got, you know, lots of weapons, tons of you know, skill position players at at their disposal, and you know, obviously, you know, much talked about four year starter quarterback at uh, in Josh Woodrum. Um, you know, so so what do we take out from that, from un- being unable to move the ball for three and a half quarters? Well, I do think you can look at the other results from conference play this season and, and realize that Presbyterian's defense has improved, and you know they they made everybody win ugly. So you know there is something to that idea. Uh, on the other hand, you know we've got somewhat uh, deteriorating 
production uh, from from Liberty's offense there. And I think some of it is just, uh, you know, somewhat attrition. I mean, you've had multiple injuries on the offensive line. You know, you've had uh, DJ, Ab- DJ Abner go down you know, for the season. Um, Petey uh, Peterson still doesn't look himself to me. You know, at one point he caught a ball on maybe that last – that might have been the, the drive uh, that they needed to go down and score. But he kind of had the ball in the open field, and, and it seemed like – uh, the 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 Darren Peterson I, I I usually see out there would have been gone when he caught that ball and, and he wasn't you know so I question you know maybe he's still got a lower body thing happening and um, just the the inability to establish a run game uh, has to wear on this you know this offense's production so they they've got to find a way to get it done and uh, like I said they they did when they had to you know and they won ugly but uh, but you got to be a little bit concerned about where this offense is going. Yeah, it definitely calls for the the lack of a run game. I mean, Des Rice, um, at one point during the game against Presbyterian, had zero rushing yards, zero net yards on around 9, 10, 12 carries right around there. Todd Macon came through in the fourth quarter and and played well, broke a couple of nice runs, and I'm sure we'll see a lot more out of him going forward the last two games here at the season. Um, but, you know, I do think it was, you know, good to see the offense kind of respond like that. I mean, it, you know, especially with the way they, you know, kind of lost to, uh, Gardner Webb and Monmouth. Um, it could have been easy to be sitting there on the sidelines, you know, down 13 to 7 as an offense with five, six minutes left to go in the game, sitting there saying, you know, we can't move the ball. We haven't been able to move the ball all day. Um, you know, here we go. We're about ready to face a, a third loss in the conference. And, um, you know, so I think it speaks to some of the leadership on the team and, and just the mental makeup of the team, being able to um, have that mental resolve to be able to come back, put together a long drive, and, and then the defense was able to get a couple turnovers there there late and one that set up a, a kind of score that just put some uh, insurance and Whatever into the into the game to get it out to an eight point spread, um, you know. So that that's something that you know hasn't happened uh, in years past, and it didn't happen much against you know Garner Webb and and Monmouth. I know that both games they kind of started to make a comeback, but you know either they were down too much or or the other team just had too much for them. Uh, so so it was good to see see that happen there at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, I think the primary difference, you know, if you look at the Monmouth game, there's a lot of parallels there. And, you know, I think the primary difference really when you boil it down is that Liberty's defense was able to come up with a play after getting that that go-ahead score that they couldn't come up with against Monmouth. Monmouth came down and was able to tie the game, send it to overtime, and we know what happened from there. In this one, Liberty's defense was able to make the difference, you know, so uh, so that was that was definitely a big thing for the for the team going forward, and I think that they – you know, hopefully build some confidence in that. Yeah, so now we look forward now to big games. Um top ten opponents await, which is, is pretty interesting to have two uh big South teams ranked in the top ten this late in the season and one of them's not Liberty, that's even uh more notable I guess. Um but uh Charleston Southern, I mean we you know, we've written a decent amount about them so far on the site this week and you know we'll obviously have more um, leading up to game time, but 
I mean, this this is a legitimate top ten team at this point in time. I mean, they're eight and one. Their only loss being to an FBS member in, in Troy. Um, you know, beating Charleston or beating Coastal Carolina a couple weeks ago. They also got a win over a Citadel team, who's kind of a fringe playoff team at this point in time. Um, I mean, you know, this it's no fluke that they're you know a top ten team. They they deserve their ranking. They're a very good team, um, very well coached, obviously, and uh, they've got the top-ranked defense in all of FCS. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be a concern uh, given Liberty's offensive production as of late. But, uh, yeah, they are. They're a great program at this point. Um, you know, they've, they've really been doing it this year, and, and I think you saw the improvements last year. So uh, Chadwell's done a great job. I don't know how long they'll be able to hold on to him, you know, uh, to have that much success uh, without the resources, you know, at, uh, at this level is pretty impressive. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think they're a legit team. They've, they've really, um, you know, they've, they've done everything they needed to do, you know, even with that schedule. I mean, they've just, um, just pounded teams for the most part, really, you know, especially in conference. So um, it, Liberty's got a tough test, like you said in, in your article you know, earlier this week. I mean, it's just, it's just going to be a tough one for them. Yeah, they opened up the 14th favor. Um, you know, I, I don't typically log what the uh, point spreads are for each game uh, going back, but I would imagine this may be the only time that, or the first time that Charleston Southern has ever been the favored team playing against Liberty, uh, especially by double digits. I know that's probably never been the case, but. You know, maybe back in, you know, 2004, 2005, they might have been a slight favorite. But, um, I mean, it's typically, typically a game that Liberty can, um, you know, mark down as a W on, on, in the win column there. Uh, when you're looking at a schedule, trying to figure out how many wins and losses a team can, can come up with. But that's just simply not the case this year. Um, and, and also, I mean, Liberty's played Charleston Southern twice before. Um, when they've been ranked in the top 25. But I think both of those times um, it was kind of a fluke ranking where they've kind of racked up some wins against some subpar competition, um, including two years ago, last time Liberty went down to, to Charleston Southern and um, faced them, and they were in the top top 20, I believe, and, and Liberty just, you know, killed them. 56 to 14, jumped all over them. Was, I believe the last game of the season – uh, in 2013 and um, kind of finished the season out on a high note there. But, um, you know, it's definitely a, definitely a tough task for, for the Flames this, this weekend. But at the same time, it's a big uh, big opportunity. It's one thing Coach Gill and, and Josh Wildren both were saying in their press conferences on Tuesday it was, um, you know, it's such a big opportunity for the team here playing a Another top ten. They beat Montana early in the in the year when they were ranked in the top ten. And now you got two more teams. Um, you, you're looking at um, the next couple weeks, and they're both ranked in the top ten. Obviously, with Coastal, who's at number four this week. Um, you know, this is a huge opportunity for Liberty if they can somehow get this one, and then you know set it up for big big time showdown. Of course, um, Thursday night next week. Yeah, it is, and, and it'll be a uh, you know a great run if Liberty is able to pull it off. But I mean, you know, obviously at this point you have to look at things. You know, like you said, they're a two touchdown dog, but uh, Liberty's got all the talent that they need to get this done. You know, despite the circumstances, 
And, uh, you know, as much as we think Charleston Southern is tough, uh, Liberty, Liberty, you know, trots out a lot of talent on the field. And if they just execute, um, you know, I believe that the coaching staff is going to have good game plan for them. So it's a matter of execution, I think, at this point. And, uh, the guys have shown themselves capable of doing that, especially earlier in the season. So it's just a matter of going out there and, and getting the job done. Yeah, it it really is. And, you know, like you said there, I definitely think Liberty has the talent and the the the, um, the depth and all that to, to get the job done. Um, it's just a matter of are they going to do it. Um, and I don't think we have to worry about, you know, any type of lack of motivation or anything from the – issues a team has struggled with earlier this year. If they get beat, they just get beat by a better team. It's, it's you know, no, no excuses to be made. Um, you know, so, so so we'll see what happens. Um, you going to be able to give us a prediction on, on what you think is going to happen on Saturday? <laughs> um, whew, that's tough. Put me on the spot there. You know, I, <laughs> I would like to think that uh, looking at games in November and um, just looking at the way Liberty's uh, responded in the past to these games that you think are going to be very tough from the start. You know, the coaching staff seems to bring their A game. The guys seem to be focused and make, um, you know, they, they have been delivering in some of these conference games that are tough, you know, even going back to the days, um, you know, when, when Sternbrook was still in the conference. So, um, you know, I'm, I am going to go out on a limb here and say I think Liberty's going to pull off a, a tight upset and uh, get, build some confidence going into Coastal Week. Well, it'd be great if they'd be able to do it. Um, you know, I don't really have a, a good feeling about this game. I just think Charleston Southern just a better team. Liberty, um, you know, has got some question marks, and you know, can they run the ball? Can they stop the run, especially with a running quarterback? And uh, those are both things that Charleston Southern's been very strong at stopping the other opponents' run, um, and also being able to run themselves with the top rushing offense in the Big South. Um, you know, I, I do think that Charleston Southern is going to pull it out. I, obviously, I hope I'm wrong, uh, but it's definitely going to be a tough one. I, you know, I've got much better feelings about the uh, Coastal Carolina game right now, so this one is a big one. I mean, I feel like if Liberty can somehow squeak this one out on Saturday, then, you know, it'll set them up. Of course, you never know. Coastal Liberty always goes right down to the final minute, so you never know what's going to happen. But, um it sure would be nice to get the win Saturday against Charleston Southern um, and still have a lot to play for, um, you know, Thursday night when, when Coastal Carolina comes into town. Yeah, you got to have this win to stay alive. So, I mean, you know, it's been a playoff situation for a few weeks now, and, and uh, you know, the guys know this, and, and they, you know, hopefully realize that the, the Coastal game doesn't mean much if you don't get this part of the puzzle to Well, I mean, if – if you lose Charleston Southern and all that you're fighting for there against Coastals for a winning record, right? And, <laughs> you know, that's, that's all we want is to have a winning record. It'd be great to finish yeah. the running record. So, anyways, it, it'll be great to uh, see how the team responds. And I think we'll learn a lot. You know, I think you know there's still some questions to be had that I have in mind. Um, I think a lot of Liberty fans have in their mind right now is just. I mean, how good is this team? I mean, you know, we've seen them play against the Montana team and beat them. Uh, same Montana team that beat North Dakota State. We also see them go on the road and beat Georgia State in, the Atlanta, in, in Atlanta in the Georgia Dome. Um, but at the same time, we've seen them struggle against Presbyterian, you know, lose to a very bad Gardner-Webb team, lose to a Monmouth team. 
um, you know, kind of get get run all over the field by a, a kind of average, you know, mediocre Missouri Valley team in, in Southern Illinois. Um, you know, so I think there's still some question marks um, about how good Liberty is. And, you know, I don't think there's any way um, that after the next two weeks, probably after Saturday against Charleston Southern, we don't answer that question. Right. Yeah, you're going to know a lot after this week. And, I mean, it sounds kind of funny to say that, you know, when you're in the last, uh, you know, 13 or 14 days of the season to say that. But uh, you're going to know a lot about this Liberty team, you know, on Saturday afternoon. And uh, you're going to know really um, by Sunday morning a lot about, you know, how the playoff picture is shaping up, you know, at large for for everybody. Yeah, we'll be looking forward to it. Of course, you know, the last couple of weeks you've had the uh, kind of – playoff projections there for, for us on the site on Sundays and and you'll you'll do the same again this weekend so we'll definitely be looking forward to seeing that and you know obviously if Liberty loses they're kind of out of it but um you know obviously if they win uh, they'll be right there pretty much on the bubble and uh, we'll be looking forward to see what you have to say and, and kind of see how the rest of the country shakes down um but we are also in you know early to mid-November, so we're moving into basketball season, and uh, signing period just opened up this week, and for for, for uh, basketball, it's about a week-long uh, period in, in November, and already got three um, signees there for the Flames, um, and point guard out of South Carolina, Xavier Barmore, um, also two forwards, adding some much-needed size to the roster, um, and Brock Gardner. And, and also uh, Josiah Talbert, who's the younger brother of Ezra, who's on the team. Um, Gardner comes in as a three three star recruit out of um, Arizona. Um, also had offers, I think, uh, several offers. I think the one he mentioned that he was considering the most was um, was Air Force. So it seems like McKay has kind of got some um, couple of horses kind of waiting in the stables coming in next year and and kind of get that program turned around a little bit. Yeah, when I spoke with uh, Coach McKay on the sidelines, you know, a few weeks ago, um, you know, he mentioned, uh, you know, how big of a deal it was, um, you know, to get some of these guys that he was recruiting, and um, you know, he didn't mention them by name, but um, you know, but I know Gardner was one of them, so that's a big deal uh, for the program to get those guys. But um, you know, as a whole, I mean, it's just exciting to be here at the start of the season. And, you know, I think this is a team that uh, has pretty low expectations, but I think they're gonna. Um, hopefully win some fans back with their style of play, and I think they're going to be exciting to watch at times and, and certainly, you know, as a team that's going to pull some upsets. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, you know, obviously, the as you said, the expectations are extremely low, um, which I think is a good thing for this team full of new faces and, uh, you know, new coaching staff and new, new um, philosophies and all this, trying to – you know, feel each other out there at the beginning of the season and as the season progresses. Um, but I, I do think that they will turn some heads throughout the course of the season. I mean, the, the record at the end of the year might not be anything glamorous. I don't expect it to be. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they ended up close to a 500 record overall. And, and I mean, let's face it, this is the Big South we're playing in. It's not, it's not the ACC or – or any Big Ten or anything like that. I mean, you know, with a competent coach and um, a, a team that has some confidence and some buy-in, um, I think some of these close games that, you know, coming down, 
you know, the last four, five, six minutes of a game that, you know, the team might be able to pull a few out that, you know, we haven't been able to do the last three, four years. Yeah, and not just that. I mean, I, I just think that having, like you said, a, you know, a system in place that um, can utilize the talent that we do have uh, will make such a huge difference. I mean, how many times in the last, uh, especially last two seasons, do we say, wow, Liberty actually does not have an offense. You know, there was nobody there to create a shot for anybody. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, Coach McKay's system is going to give uh, some of these shooters that we do have opportunities to actually make, you know, make three-pointers and, and make shots that are going to keep us in games and win us games. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing how these guys are utilizing the system. Yeah, I agree. And uh season tips off Friday night at home in the Vine Center, so come on out if you can. I'll be out there covering the game. Uh, there's also another game Saturday night, um, 7 o'clock in the Vine Center. And then um, first Division One opponent is a Tuesday night, another home game um, against William & Mary. Um, so, so it'll be good. A few good chances to see them early on, see some of these new faces, some of the freshmen. Uh, transfers, obviously, John Dawson won't be eligible to the end of the uh, the fall semester, and heard a lot of good things about him. But um, yeah, excited to get the season started and uh, see see what can happen. Um, you know, under Coach McKay here in his first year, and as he kind of gets this program turned around the other direction. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be good. And uh, like I said, like in like you said, the the results might not be there right at first, but I think you're going to see a difference in this team, uh, not just in how they play, but with the, um, you know, just just the amount of belief and heart that they have. I, I think they're going to be playing hard for Coach McKay. Well, thanks, Duke. Appreciate it as always. And for the Flames Nation podcast, I'm John Manson. I'm Duke Cunio. Follow Liberty all day. <laughs>